Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 364 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm ready to do some talking about our kids or not. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> um, well, we got a comment from a listener recently um, who said she would love an update on all of our kids and how they're doing. Um, and she said she's been listening for years and feels like she knows them and has been following along with them growing up. And I, you know, we kind of realized, Sarah, that we used to do kid by kid updates more often than we do now. I feel like now we kind of peel back the curtain on what's happening in our in our households and lives um, a little more sporadically, I guess, or when it feels appropriate, we don't put as much structure around it for lots of reasons that we'll get into today. But, um, it just kind of led us to talking about like, not necessarily doing an episode where we talk about our kids, but an episode where we talk about talking about our kids. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. And you know, I think it's totally fair that listeners feel like they know our families. And I think we've tried to create a space here where you're getting to know us as moms you get to know our kids as sort of like supporting characters in mm. our story. And then, I mean, it's not news to anybody, but kids grow up and they get older. And I don't think you have to have a public podcast to realize that the things you share, the funny stories, the personality quirks, they naturally shift. It's not that you don't talk about your kids anymore, but who you talk about them with and what you say, I do think shifts quite a bit. I, I don't know if you want to put an age on it, Megan, for yourself, but I think from like eight or nine on, there's like a layer of intentionality or thoughtfulness that I didn't really have before the age of, say, eight, nine, 10. I don't know about you. I was going to say like 10 ish. Um, and I think a lot of it and I, I've talked with this with other friends who have older kids about how things change. And it's not just that it's like you're worried about your child's privacy. So much. I mean, that's part of it. And some kids do become very particular about what you share, but also that like even their struggles become less as their struggles and their successes and like all of it, the whole story, it becomes less about like this sort of relatable generalization, like all toddlers poop their pants at some point. Right. And we can all laugh about that because everybody who's ever had a toddler their toddlers do that. It doesn't reflect on you as a mom. It doesn't reflect on anything really. It's them even. It's just, that's what they do. And as they get older, the things that they do and love and the ways they change and all of those things just become really specific to them. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a lot harder to talk about in kind of a passing way, the way we do on the show. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say is it becomes part of a larger like it's like, oh, do you want to know what's really going on in my house? Like how much time do you have? And 
And hopefully <laughs> moms of older kids have those relationships where you really are talking about your kids at a deep level. But I think you hit on exactly what feels different is it's harder to make it quick and quippy and relatable. And it's not that yeah. it's all serious or bad or scary. It's just like a little bit more unevenly packed or something. Yeah. It's nuanced because you're starting to increasingly deal with people yeah. who are becoming like their own people and almost and, and getting closer and closer to adults with their own adult mm-hmm. lives and choices and everything else. And so it's just, it just takes a little more nuance. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, so Sarah, we're talking about our own kids today and we're also talking about talking about our kids and what that's like um, as semi-public people. So we have an audience listening. They don't totally know us, but they feel like they know us. So where do you want to kick this off? Yeah, well, I want to kick this off with a little bit about one of my kids. So for those who don't know and those whom I haven't told personally, and that is 99% of you, 
Um, our 14-year-old is now using he, him pronouns and going by the name Luke, L-U-C, Luke. I love the name Luke, by the way. Um, okay, so in the context of today's episode topic, what came up for you when thinking about when to share that, how to share that? I'm guessing you put some thought into it. So what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, it looks like a lot of thinking. So you'll probably hear me taking a couple deep breaths in this conversation. Um, You know, it turns out I'm just like everybody else. I care a whole bunch about what other people think of me and my parenting. And if I ever thought that I was immune to that, you know, live and learn. I am not. I care what you all think, but maybe not in the way that you would guess or assume. So one thing I'm realizing is that I have a pretty deep need, and I'm sure we all do, to be understood. And that translates also, I think, to a fear of being misunderstood. And and with this particular topic and this kid and this podcast and this audience, I think a lot of my not wanting to be misunderstood has kind of correlated to when, how, why, and in what way I talk about this on the show. So like, for example, I haven't been talking about this on the podcast for a few months. That's just the reality since it's been going on. And I'm like a little bit paranoid that not talking about it might be interpreted as like, I'm embarrassed or I'm ashamed or that I don't support my kid 10 million percent. Right. So I feel this need to like clarify or over explain myself. And I'm just, I'm just stating that as an observation on the flip side. If you hear me talk about this today and I sound pretty matter of fact about it, or in a future episode, I make reference to it. And you're like, what is she talking about? I also kind of don't want people to think that means that I've got it all under control or that it's like no big deal because I can assure you at times it has felt like a very big deal. So what I'm noticing is myself feeling a need to control the narrative. And that is a lot about control for me. Um, This one might be like the most vulnerable to say out loud, but I think one of my concerns or worries is that if I reference this thing in what's been happening in our family and Luke's coming out. And if I tie that to, let's say, an offhand offhand reference to this being a tough time for me as a mom or kind of an emotionally intense period, something our family's been going through, it's just terrifying to me that people would take that and jump to the conclusion that that means I'm not wildly supportive and proud and celebrating who my kid is. And those two things are hard to say in a short amount of space. It it is true that parts of this have felt emotionally fraught and intense for both me and my family. And it is also true that I'm just like the number one biggest fan of Luke and of my kid and that there have been some really beautiful parts of this too. So I guess all of that is what's coming up for me. Most of that is about control. And what I am realizing is that I, I'm not going to do this perfectly. Like I can't control what you listening are going to take away from this five minutes of me talking. So I'm going to say something and you're going to interpret it. And I'm going to forget to say something I meant to say. Um, or I'm going to strike a chord that's particularly like painful or sensitive to somebody. And I might hurt somebody's feelings. And we know I'm somebody who likes to know what I'm doing, who likes to Mm -hmm. feel like I'm doing the right thing. And all of this is just proving to me front and center that I can't, and I can't control that. And I can't, I like with this audience in particular, I have to trust that those of you who think, you know, me and my family 
do know and trust me and my family and that I don't have to explain anything further. Yeah. And I like with as thoughtful as you are about everything, all of what you just said um, would have been impossible to like tease earlier. There would have been no way for this to become like something that you've been kind of like dropping little breadcrumbs along the way. Like there's just no way to do that. So it makes sense to me. Um, What, what feels extra scary about this conversation? Yeah. I mean, some of it I just mentioned, um, but I think there's more. Um, (laughs) I think on this podcast, both you and I have a reputation for being the moms who've kind of been there, done that. I think we've stepped into these roles as moms who are a little farther ahead than our listeners about whatever parenting things they're going through. I may even more than you have a reputation for seeming like I know what I'm talking about or that I have everything together. I think sometimes I give off that vibe, even when I don't mean to, even when I think I'm saying, wow, like I'm really in over my head and I'm really unsure. I still, it probably comes deep from childhood or something. I give off a vibe like I know what I'm talking about. And I can assure you that for this particular thing that my family is like beautifully and wonderfully navigating, I'm like in the middle of it. I am not at the end of it where I can say like, oh, here's what like I learned from that. Or here's the advice I would give to someone else. Like I'm just not there. And I think um, that's a new role for me in this podcast family, because I am often the one who's reflecting on something that's kind of not done, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like where there's some distance where we can say like, oh, right, like that was hard and we got through it. And here's what I would do differently next time. And I'm not I'm just right in the middle of it. Well, and I think just to the point we were we kind of opened with that as kids get older, that becomes increasingly the case. There is no time that you're on the other side of anything. And I would say with all my older kids, like I'm, I'll never be on the other side of it, of any of that, because like, it's still emerging. And I have a feeling there are so many people listening right now who are right where you are, maybe, maybe a little further into the process, um, than where you are right now, or don't even know that they'll be there very soon. And so like you being in that messy middle, I think is so valuable. Um, it's just a good reminder that we're literally all in the messy middle all the time anyway, whether we like to think we are or or like yeah. want it, or think that we come off that way or not. Well, right. And and a good reminder that of all the people we follow online and the people we look to for advice and support, as transparent and authentic as any of those people try to be, it's a good reminder that there's probably other things that people aren't sharing. And not sharing is doesn't equate. I said this earlier, but I feel like I want to say it again. Not sharing doesn't equate to hiding or being secretive or being embarrassed or like trying to control an image. And I think that's something I've really struggled with as I've figured out the timing and the thoughtfulness with which I wanted to have this conversation is it felt like I was like unleashing a secret. And that's not actually the way it feels. You know, Megan, with you having teenagers before me, there have been plenty of times where one of our kids is going through the middle of something and we've just not talked about it for a while. And that with eight kids between us, we have plenty to talk about. And so that has been relatively easy to do. I will say with this story, that's a little different because it's really important to me to use the name and pronouns that feel right to my kid and to do that kind of right away, even while I am in the messy middle. And so like, there's no, there's no world in which 
I can honor and affirm my kid, even as he is like a side character on this podcast that doesn't come up a lot, but he still comes up. And, and this is still a podcast where we talk about our families. And so there's no world in which I can kind of hold this to the side until I'm ready to talk about it and honor and affirm my kid. So I, ha- I, ha- I, it's important to me to use the right language. And I'm just saying that is, that is scary. Cause I'm not, I don't have no advice for anybody right. about this. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's a very tricky thing to navigate, um, not just for your family, but there's a whole community out there that have fought hard to have things, to have things affirmed a certain way. And, and like you said, like, there's probably no way for you to get that right all the time without right. screwing it up a little bit publicly. But on the other hand, you can't refer to Luke as my teenager on right. the podcast for the next, you know, two or three years till you get it all till you get it perfectly and, and never have to worry about ever stepping in it. Like that's yeah. just, that's not life. And I think you're so right that we, um, both as you and you and me, Sarah and Megan on the mom hour, and we, the larger community of moms don't owe it to anyone to have any kind of timeline right. or like any certain way we roll out any news or story or anything like that. But in our case, like I could see why this was probably getting a little awkward. I think yeah. we've said my teenager quite a bit in the last, yeah. in the last little while. Yeah. 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 So what does support look like for you from this community or what does it not look like? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be able to answer that question. Um, I think in terms of, well, first of all, anyone who feels like they're listening to this and wants to support me, just thank you. I feel that. Um, I think one thing I'm a little afraid of that I'm just admitting is people sending me a bunch of articles or stories about like their neighbor's trans kid or their, what their school is doing, even totally well-meaning and totally positive, um, like really great stuff. I'm a little afraid of the not like being inundated a little bit of being inundated with well-meaning resources. Does that make sense? Like, Oh, have you heard about this or follow this Instagrammer? And I'm just saying that right now that isn't necessarily what I feel like is helpful to me. I feel, I think I'm a little protective of my own sphere right now. And my, my own family is just doing amazingly. And there's so much good happening that it feels a little bit stressful to me to look outward. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like read all well, the articles. And the obligation and- that goes along with that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I can see what you mean. Like the well-meaningness almost gives it another layer of obligation and pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and just trust that I also have read a lot of articles and have found some really good outside support. And it's not that I n- never will want that, but I guess right now that is not what jumps first to mind in terms of what does support look like. I mean, I think on a really practical level, if you and I are um, internet friends or we interact ever online using Luke's name and pronouns, if we ever do cross paths, like that feels really supportive and affirming. It just shows that you're listening and that you care. You can also know that if you don't, because you'd you'd miss this podcast episode or like you're just catching up, it's not, no one's keeping score. I'm certainly not keeping score. Luke and my family are not keeping score. But doing it intentionally when appropriate, it does feel like support. It does feel like you're listening and then, and you care. And I will say I've bombed that a few times <laughs> um, because oh, it gosh. takes a while to get used to. Right. And I think something that I've heard is like, people don't need to make a big deal about it either. Really? It's like, just 
put the effort in, but like you don't necessarily need to overcompensate or, or apologize. Just move on. Right. And I, I also think you don't need to. Hmm, how am I going to say this? Um, I don't feel the need for anybody to go to bat for me by aggressively correcting others. I think. Right. I see that happening sometimes. Um, again, it comes from a place of well-meaning. Um, I guess if someone is truly attacking me online, which has never happened, but might, um, feel free to jump to my defense. But if someone is not quite caught up on what's happening, I don't think I need a thousand pronoun like police out there. Yeah, pronoun yeah. Avengers. You yes. know, I, but I don't know. I actually don't know what feels totally right there. I was going to say that I am a words of affirmation gal. So if all you want to do is like shoot me a DM or be like, hey, this sounds like a lot. Like I liked the episode. Thanks for sharing. I'm I, I can take no there is no upper limit on how much I will appreciate those just words of affirmation. So. I will also say that Sarah is a consumer of, of GIFs. So I, I also think that you could never get too many GIFs. No, or humor. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all about the humor. Yeah. yeah. So, well, thanks for letting me talk through that. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, we're back and I just talked a whole lot. But Megan, I feel like we can all learn from you here because you have been writing online about 
your children for what is it over 15 years now? Oh my gosh. Way more than that. I mean, like I started, yeah, I, I had like a little mommy blog before mommy blogs even existed. So more like 20, 20 years, 20 years, five kids, three of your five kids are full fledged adults or two and a half. I mean, Will's still living at home, but he's 18. So I guess like a big general question, is there anything you feel or feels true to you now that you just had no way of knowing 10 years ago? And I'm talking about like in terms of deciding what to share about your kids, when to share about your kids, what your kids will think about what you've said online. Like, I feel like you have a perspective that so many of us don't have. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So when I was writing primarily and not podcasting, this was much easier. A, um, particularly because I was writing a lot of stuff about the early stages, like the trenches of motherhood stuff. So I would make reference to the fact that I had all these kids, Mm -hmm. but then the older ones just didn't get a lot of airtime. They didn't, their names didn't wind up written about a lot because I just kind of kept them out of it. And I really focused on the craziness of like being overrun with smalls <laughs> when, yeah. when, and like you can, um, like we said, you can really generalize stuff about babies and toddlers because they just become this like amorphous mass that everybody can kind of relate to. Like, what is a toddler? What is a bait? Like a newborn? What is a six month old? They become sort of like characters. And my kids just stood in like they stood in for that character. Yeah. And I just didn't have the 11 year old stand in as often. Um, right. so that was pretty easy to do, honestly, when they were, when the, my whole family was younger and I just, if there was something I didn't want to talk about, I just didn't talk about it. And yeah. there weren't that many things then that felt that tricky as they've gotten older. There've definitely been things that have felt tricky. Plus we're on a podcast. So yeah, it's not, it's a, it's not a scripted, finely tuned, you know, carefully crafted piece of writing. It is us having a conversation for an hour where if I don't mention a missing kid, for example, like maybe, you know, and I'm, I haven't actually had any kids go missing, (laughs) but but I could see where there would be times when, you know, maybe I just wouldn't mention someone as much because they're going through something, or maybe there's something big happening or like in a divorce situation, there could have been times when like one of my kids was mad at me and was staying with their dad. That actually didn't ever happen, but they were mad at me often. And so, um, like, it's a lot harder in a casual conversation to just never drop that name or to dance around it every time. So that has changed. It's not even just their ages changing, but also like the fact that in a podcast, it's just a lot harder not to be kind of off the cuff and just mention all the people that are in your orbit. And then on the other side of that, I've now have, I have two uh, grown adult kids who don't live at home anymore. Um, One almost, you know, about to fly kid. We've been through some really big things with a couple of my older kids in the past two, three years, um, some of which I haven't even referenced or made any reference to at all because it's just not relevant to the show. And it's like it does. There's no way to do it in a way that doesn't violate someone else's privacy um, or that actually is on like that relates to the topic matter at hand. It would just there. There's no reason for it. I've gotten a lot better about compartmentalizing those conversations and just not feeling guilty about not having them or not feeling weird about not having them. Um, and also realizing that sometimes I have to get in front of things like, uh, the fact that Jake and Isaac both moved out of my house and like went their separate ways really quickly after Christmas Mm -hmm. this year. It's not like we didn't all have a falling out or anything, but that's the way that cookie crumbled. 
And if I didn't mention that and then just kind of forgot about it and then it came up one day and I'm like, oh yeah, they're like in different states now. They're nowhere near me. They don't live in my house anymore. That would feel a little weird. Even if nobody else noticed, it would feel really weird to me. So I've started to become better at being like in like vaguely informative, like adjust the Mm -hmm. facts situation. But I think the biggest part is not feeling weird about it anymore. And just realizing like really owning that these are other people's stories that I don't, I'm not at liberty to tell always. And it doesn't mean that everything else I say about my family isn't true um, or that my love for them um, and our, I think, really solid status as a close knit family isn't also true. All of those things can be true and specific members of the family can go through really hard things or screw up or like there can just be things that happen that are hard because life is hard and it doesn't, doesn't take away anything I've ever said about myself as a mom or them as my kids. It also has given me a lot of compassion for myself because I can look at something and say, oh man, like, you know, did I know what I was talking about when I had a 15 year old and I was giving advice about what to do? And then now that kid is 18 and I'm like, oh, did that really pan out? It's never, I, I do actually think that some of what we've said from the very beginning is kind of vindicating. Like we've never made it about the product, um, yeah. the kid as a product, the outcome of the, you know, what career they go into or like what, how they live their young adult lives. That's never really been the point for either of us as much as the mother child relationship, the familial unit relationship, all of those things. And I, I don't think I I look back and I don't think anything I've ever said would feel yucky to me now. If I like, if I held it up against struggles, I wouldn't feel like those things were inconsistent or incompatible with each other. It's just, a new thing that's in front yeah. of us that we're moving through. And right now we're in a really good spot. We're all like, I think everyone's really thriving and um, and it would be kind of easy right now to talk about what everyone's doing, but there's been times when it wouldn't have been so easy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very long winded way of answering your question, but I loved so much of it. And I think I have two specific things to circle back to. One is that, you know, I'm 10 years later in motherhood than you, I think in 10 or 11 So I've always looked up to you and you had teenagers well before I did. And other other content creators that I followed who had older kids and teenagers, I just always remember, I remember people saying bigger kids, bigger problems, and you have to respect their privacy and it's harder to talk about. And I was hearing that stuff for years before I experienced it. So it's interesting to look back and think, first of all, I don't think I got it. Even though everybody said it, I don't think I really understood it. And second of all, now that I understand it, what choices am I making and what choices did I make as I, as my kids got older to kind of move from that place where you're relatively confessional about what your kids are doing, what they're going through, even the hard stuff and, and how that just changes. Um, one of the things about this show is it's always been more about the motherhood experience than either parenting or about the kids themselves. And, and I have really appreciated your leadership in that area, especially because you probably saw that clearer in the beginning than I did because your kids were already older. It's never been about our kids. Our, this show isn't right. about our kids. And it's also not about how to parent. It's really more about the motherhood experience. And that's given us a lot of ability to, like, as you say, be kind of vague sometimes, be mindful of how we talk about our families and choosy about what we say and what we don't. Um, But what I am realizing is even that motherhood experience and talking honestly about the experience of 
mothering older kids and teenagers feels different than it did when my kids were little. So even if it's like, okay, well, this isn't a show about the kids. It's about my experience as a mom. But I would go so far to say, even talking about your experience as a mom is a more delicate thing when other people's stories are involved. And, and part of that to me, I don't know if you feel the same, Megan, but we talk about when things are hard. And when I was talking about Luke earlier and my, my probably my deepest, most vulnerable feel, fear about talking about this is I want to be able to say truthfully when I've been going through like an emotionally intense time, but I really, really, really don't want that to be interpreted as anything other than like wild support and celebration of who my kid is. And that's the tricky part, right? Like being able, like if you're saying, and, and not, I'll take my situation out of it, but to be able to say like, I am having a hard time as a mom of teenagers sort of implicates your kid in a way. I'm not sure I would want my own kids to listen to hours and hours of me podcasting about how hard it is being their mom. That doesn't feel right to me. And I think we've always tried to make this podcast such that our children could listen to it and like feel okay. Maybe they'd have some questions. I don't think I've done that perfectly. I think honestly, if I look back, there are some stories I've told or some personality like judgments I've made, some some jokes I've made that probably wouldn't land great with my kids. But I, I'm hopeful that at the zoo, at the 30,000 foot level, all three of my kids could listen to our entire catalog of podcasts and, and maybe have some understanding for me as a mom, but never feel like I was complaining or, I don't know, attributing the hard to them. And that is so tricky. Yeah. Well, I just want to say one thing about you know, you admitting that you were going through an emotionally um, tricky time or or overwhelming or whatever, yeah. like things can be overwhelming and mostly positive, but still mm-hmm. overwhelming or things can be overwhelming for a reason that has nothing to do with disapproval or right. rejection. Like things can just be overwhelming. Like the fact that they're getting older and growing away from you enough that, that like Luke would even have the self-agency to make a decision like this on his own means your impact in yeah. his life is lessening, which in and of itself is like an emotionally fraught thing. Like it doesn't have to mean anything really about the kid. It just, it is what it is. And I've, I mean, I've experienced that over and over as a teenager, there's there or as a teenager, but as a mom of teenagers and I yeah. experience it almost daily where I'm looking at them going like, who are you? Like (laughs) to come back to me or don't, or whatever you're supposed to do. I don't know. It's complicated. (laughs) Like do what you're supposed to do. I support it. I'm not always happy about it because it's change and change doesn't always feel good even when it's great. And that's just life. There's no way to get around that. And I think that that's, I mean, that's it, right? That's, that's motherhood. Let's just end it. That's motherhood. The end. The podcast is over. We've done our job. That's it. But yes, just to, I guess, not that you're looking for validation or affirmation of that, but I am. I'm really looking for a lot of validation today. (laughs) No problem. I'm happy to hand it out. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, Have your, any of your older kids ever listened? Well, I know Will was just on the podcast. Have any of them ever listened to a whole episode? Like I, Going into this, I wanted to make sure that this was an episode that Luke could absolutely listen to. And I think he has no desire. Like, I really don't think my kids care 
they just don't, it's, it's like so far from their frame of reference. If I was making fun of them, if I was telling embarrassing stories, they would for sure care. But me talking about my internal motherhood experience is I think exceedingly boring for them. They don't care, but I'm curious if any of your older kids have ever listened to the podcast or like been curious about it. I think Clara has listened a few times because I think she's just fascinated by the world of like, you know, podcasting and influencer type stuff. I think that, that, I think that it, the, the platform interests mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she cares too much about the content or right. the topic. Um, so I think they've probably all tuned in once or twice. They're curious about what I do, but I think the actual discussions we have about motherhood are as about as interesting to them <laughs> as like overhearing your mom in the next room talking with her friend. And like, yeah. you come up and your ears perk up for a second and you're like, Ooh, and then you kind of go, well, whatever. It's not that interesting because right. they're my, that's my mom and her friend and I don't care. And then you move on. I think that's, that's about the level of interest they have. They do consume my, my, um, my social content. And actually it's hilarious because Owen loves to make fun of me. So like last night I was pouring a cup of tea and he goes, I was pouring a cup of tea and I started thinking about what it means to be a mom. And I'm like, Owen, (laughs) knock it off. But he does it constantly. Like he's, He's always feeding me little ideas for Instagram essays. He's trolling me. He trolls me constantly, but it's in the best, like I'm kind of tearing up because it's honestly in the the best natured kind of way. Like they're all really proud of me. I think, I I think if they were listening to this, they would agree. I don't know. Maybe they'd say they didn't, but I think they're actually invested in what it is I do. And the fact that this is something we've created, I think they're proud of that. And then they give me crap about it because that's what, that's what teenagers do. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. I I just, I want, I I wish I could have it on video, but then that begs the question, does a 16 year old ever want to be videoed? Which is no, I don't, I don't know. Probably not, but I'll, I should start like recording them like surreptitiously when he's messing with me. I'll just record a couple little clips because it's very funny and he, and he's spot on. Like he, he will like actually start talking as though it's me writing an Instagram post. And I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe this is a good segue into just talking. We didn't really plan this part of the episode because we didn't know how long I was going to talk and what, what all we would need to cover. But we do want to talk a little bit about some of the fun or silly or actual things that our kids are up to. And maybe we could start with how funny teenagers are. Cause I feel a little bit like I'm in, I'm starting to be in the club now. Yeah. So you talked about Owen, you've talked about Will um, anything specific that they're doing or into, or I can go first too, because we're, again, this is a little off the cuff. Um, well, I can, I can say that right now I can just touch on all three of mine if you want, and then you can touch on yours. Um, I won't talk too much about the older two because honestly, I don't talk to them that much. And when I do, it's like, it's like having conversations with like old working men. They're just like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> going to work. And like, I don't know, I'm just doing this thing. I'm trying to get this thing off the ground. And it's, um, it's more texting with them in our little uh-huh. group chat that we have with the siblings. And so, and I talked about Isaac when I talked about our trip, but yeah. Will is about to graduate. He's got terrible senioritis, the worst case I've ever seen. <laughs> I did hear that that's very common that the kids now are all like very just over it and he will graduate, but he's one of those kids who's like kind of pushing his luck a little bit. Like how many times can I be absent before right. they oh. can't like call in, you know, call their bluff on this whole tardiness thing or this whole absence thing or truancy thing. So we're having, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm taking a light hand with it because yeah. 
at some point, either consequences are going to kick in for him. Right. And he and I talked about this on, on his episode. Either the school is going to actually enforce a consequence or he's going to be correct that the threats were all like empty, uh, empty. And either way, he learns something about life, <laughs> you know, and at, at this point, like, I don't feel like it's for me to step in and try to control that outcome. It's either, either he's right and no one's paying attention, which could be true or he's wrong and he'll find out the hard way. And I'm not invested in either of those outcomes, but right. um, yeah, but no, they are not he, your outcomes. They're not my outcome. control. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That reminds me that, um, three or four really like good. I don't like the phrase good kids. Let me rephrase that. Um, three or four kids who did not typically get in trouble at school in my senior class were asked to sit out graduation because of, um, like a, a poor choice they made during senior week. Wow. And it was absolutely the school like doubling down on like, oh, you think we're not serious? It was not for tardiness or skipping right. class. It was for a more egregious infraction, but it was for sure making an example of kids you wouldn't think would get yeah. um, in trouble. And they they had family coming in from out of town for graduation. It all happened like three days before and they did not walk. So there's, wow. there's well, the cautionary tale. Right. I mean, I know. And I told him, I was like, you know, I don't think you're not going to graduate. I, you know, your grades are fine. He's playing it very like he's, he's playing it like a game, honestly. Yeah. Like, what do I have to show up for? What do I have to turn in? Like, what do I, how do I play this game with the least amount of things I don't want to do right? while still getting my outcome? And you know, he's allowed, he can play that game. Yeah. It's not my game to play. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be okay. We're just a few weeks out. I'm like, come on, man. Just, and I said to him yesterday, I was like, you know, let's just, I'm just going to pull out my mom card here and say, there's some fun things happening at school right now. And if you don't go, you might regret later. Cause it's probably not going to ever get easier than this to just show up. I like that card. You don't pull do that thing. one out very often. That's not like a, no. a thing that I could see you saying very often. So I like that you just like, just sprinkle that in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's, but he's been delightful lately. He's working. He's, he went to two proms. He went to his prom and to his, um, girlfriend's prom and they were like at the competing schools. So that's okay. kind of fun. And, um, he's just ready. He's ready for school. He's kind of deciding like where he's going to room and all of those things. So that's been really fun. Owen is getting up at 5am to pump iron now. So he's Ooh, going to the gym to work bro. out with Eric. I know, bro. It's, and he, then he comes home. This is the funny part. So he gets home now from the gym while I'm just getting up and he'll send me a text. It's usually indecipherable. It'll say something like, Hey ma, why don't you fill up the teapot for your boy? B-O-I. <laughs> and that means he wants me to start the kettle, like put hot water in the sure. kettle and have it going. So I'll usually do that while I'm kind of buzzing, buzzing around. And then I go back upstairs and get my contacts in. And then I come downstairs and he's sitting in his bathrobe at the table with like a cup of tea. And then he wants to talk to me about like leg day and working out. And oh I my listen gosh. because I don't know. It's that's how you talk to teenagers. You just listen to what they want to talk about. But it is pretty funny. Um, and then Clara, she's like, she's so funny. And she's just in this place right now where she's got her two best friends who are like no drama and they're just really nice girls. And she like really appreciates that about them. She had a little, you know, drama, um, situation with the group that she was hanging out with and mm -hmm. that's over. And she's just really doubled down on like her people being really comfy in her group. And I love it. And this morning I was driving her to school and told her that, so she's really into the show, Bob's burgers. 
And I ran into a, a woman I know the other day who I used to work with at a marketing agency who quit her job as an account manager at a marketing agency and now is working at a cafe in the morning and has a Bob's Burgers podcast. Oh my gosh. So I told Clara about this and I was like, are you excited? Do you want to listen? She's like, I'm just really mad that grown women think that they can have a podcast about a cartoon. And I said, Clara, it's not really for kids, A, and B, like, it doesn't mean that you don't get to do it. You can do it too. So I think she was kind of jealous or something. Yeah. And it was really funny. I was like, okay, well, this these women are not a threat to you and your love for Bob's Burgers. But you know that um, that very young teen thing, like they're the first one that had the idea? Yes. It's yes. like territorial. Like their, yeah, yes. their fandom is more complete and pure than anyone else's fandom could be. I think she's in that that place and some some things in her life right now. So, well, that's a perfect entry point. So Clara is newly 13 and Luke is nearly or not nearly newly. So just a few days ago, like 14 and a few days. And something that I have noticed about that age is like Luke will have interests that are very similar to mine. Like he's super into theater right now. And musical theater like has caught the bug on listening to Broadway soundtracks. But like if I get too excited or if I'm like, oh, 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 you're liking this soundtrack. Well, maybe you would like this one. Even if I know he would love it, it's like I I hold my tongue because there is a certain like, if we're going to have shared interests, it needs to almost be imperceptible. Like I can't draw attention to the fact that we might both enjoy listening to the same music. Instead, I have to like real slow play it or like play, like play, not hard to get, but you do say I'm saying like, I can't get yeah. excited about the fact that we might have shared interests. I have to let that be like a happy accident that no one ever mentions. So yeah, I, um, I hear that. <laughs> so yeah. So Luke just had a birthday and is 14 and he is so happy at school, which makes me so happy like every day. So they're reading Shakespeare right now in eighth grade English and I was at one time kind of a big Shakespeare nerd. Like I was, I was an English lit major, but I, I really loved Shakespeare. And I I think I, at some point I definitely took more Shakespeare classes than even regular English majors had to take both in, you know, in high school and then college, obviously. Um, And so again, I'm, I'm pretending not to be too excited that Luke has caught both the musical theater bug. And also it seems like the literature Shakespeare bug. And so yesterday Luke and Reed were, reading Romeo and Juliet, like, like assigning parts to each other and reading the Shakespearean English and like doing a good job, like understanding the English and understanding like what was happening in the story. And I was like, I think my work here is done. Like, I think I'm, <laughs> I think we're good. Um, but yeah, it is really fun to see, um, eighth graders. And I, I include Luke and his friends, like all of them kind of come into their own, um, the school where we go, actually has an option to stay for a ninth grade year and do like um, a a last middle school year instead of going on to the public high school. And we are going to do that. So we have love that. Yeah, it's really wants to be a freshman. No one. Nobody wants literally no one. And the ninth grade year at this school is is has a lot of the same specialness of like a senior year in that they're leaders on campus. They get to do really cool stuff. They get to help teach classes. They get to help lead trips. And so um, it's very exciting to me to be looking ahead to not matric- matriculating. That's when you graduate, right? Well, not no, I thought feeding- matriculating was oh, when you went from one to the next. I thought, okay. So yeah. I'm, I'm extremely glad that Luke is not 
matriculating into the giant public high school until 10th grade. So we have that to look forward to. And yeah, he's just, his friends are amazing. He is so funny. Like he's just, that's something I kind of wanted to make sure we circled back to too. Talking earlier is like, this kid is amazing and really like so happy and well-adjusted and funny and loves to hang out with the family for the most part and doing great in school. So that is very joyful. Um, Reed is almost 12. He'll be 12 in a couple of weeks. He's growing like a weed. Like Megan, we were with people who hadn't seen him just in a couple months. And I'm so curious with your boys, like when they had what age they had physical growth spurts. And then I know like puberty is a whole separate podcast conversation, but like things like, you know, the, the sprouting up and also the voice starting to crack and things like that. Um, Reed is just He's just growing like crazy. He was mm-hmm. tiny for his age and he is no longer tiny for his age. Um, and he has always been delightfully funny. But now having like almost like two preteen teen, like two in that age range, he's just he's witty and he's funny. He's he's intense because Reed is always intense. Um, he's had a, a challenging sixth grade year. It's really challenging academically. And then he will be going he will be matriculating into the school where Luke goes, so they'll be at school together next year, which is really fun. Um, but he's gotten to do some cool things this spring, too. He got to go to Washington, D.C. with my parents um, on a little sightseeing trip, and he got to go to sixth grade camp with his class. So thank you. Um, thank you, COVID. No, thank you. Like <laughs> the return from some pandemic stuff to be right? able to do some some sixth grade normalcy. Um, and then little Violet is the baby of this entire like podcast. And she, I don't know. I feel like the listeners probably feel like they know Violet better than anybody. And maybe going back to the whole thing of this episode, maybe it's because it's easiest to talk about the littles. And so I probably do more often. Um, But Violet is really into fashion and puts the most amazing outfits together. I don't share very much on social personally because she's can be kind of self-conscious about it. And I don't ever want her to feel like I'm, Oh, look world. Like, look how fun this outfit is that my nine-year-old put together. But I'm telling you listeners and Megan between us, (laughs) it's so stinking cute. Like she has ripped jeans. She's got big high tops. She wears like chains around her neck and like crazy jewelry. Like she has, you know what it reminds me of is like blossom and punky Brewster Mm -hmm. and those like characters that like, they they overdid and you're like nobody really dresses like that. Violet dresses like that. Like she puts together outfits that have style and like like originality kind of yeah. but within current trends and she's got like her asymmetrical haircut. She's just like she is something else. She's also um a self-conscious and an anxious person. She's like fidgety and nervous a lot. She's self-conscious. So she definitely has her struggles too. And it's like, she's everything. That's why I've always called her ultra, like all the things you can be. Um, she's all of those things. Yes. She is all of those things. So the, that's my three. I only have three. Well, okay. So to answer your question about when my kids, when my boys specifically went through puberty, um, man, it was kind of all over the place for all of them. I would say between like 11 and 13, it all sort of happened, but not not the same time for all of them. So some of them, their voices got deep earlier. I do remember the sensation of like being in my house and hearing a grown man talk and being like, (laughs) who is the grown man in my house? And then realizing it's my kid. And 
for Owen, really, that voice just really locked in like last summer where he uh-huh. suddenly sounded just like his dad. Up until then, it was like up and down, deeper, but not quite that yeah. deep yet. And so, yeah, uh, the yesterday, oh, Will and I were walking next to each other and I looked up at him and I said, Will, have, did you grow again? Because he's already really tall, yeah. but he seemed even taller. Yeah. So some of it, I mean, he's 18 and I wouldn't think he could still be growing, but maybe. They, maybe I that's... think they can. I think anybody can, but I think boys especially it's not uncommon because I remember that um, high school or college freshmen will come home and, and grow that freshman year, probably because they are yeah. eating so much too far right, from home. Right. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. I was, I yeah. didn't mean to cut you off, but I was the, oh, that's okay. oh, the deepening voice. Yeah. For Reed, it's, it's for sure the very beginning of it. It's not like a yeah. man yet, but it sounds husky. It sounds like a little laryngitis or you're like, Oh, Oh, that's, that's different. Yeah. And then, you know, depending on, the the kids maturity or not maturity level, their modesty level, or they're um, wanting to talk to you about things. There are entire puberty things that you don't even know about until you right. know it's, it must have happened. Right. Yeah. Like, that must have occurred by now. I don't right. know. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's the thing. And then I, with Violet, I'm laughing because I can totally, I mean, relate to what you're saying about not wanting to be the person always sharing not, not just because of her, but there's something sometimes a little cringy when someone else is putting their kids like in intelligence out there or yeah. um, cleverness, like as a product to be consumed. It always yeah. kind of makes or me a little like uncomfortable for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't like that either, but sometimes you just got to talk about it. Yeah, I did. In a little, a little whispery <laughs> aside. Well, it would be yeah. weird if you posted a bunch of pictures of Eric all the time and were like, didn't he do a good job like with his outfit today or something right. like at the older kids yeah. get, the more it feels like, well, the world Pandering. can see what an awesome right. person they are. And someday when they're like allowed to have social media, they can choose to like Share show that. an outfit yeah. that they're proud of. It just feels increased. Not that I never do it, but I would ask permission and probably permission would be denied. Actually, Violet is as, as outward as she is in many ways and she's deeply self-conscious in others. So, huh. Yeah. Well, that was fun. It was yeah. really fun. And thank you to the listener. I actually went to try to find it. And I know, I know when it happened, it was on a, this is a sidebar, but we were in Texas and we put up an Instagram story asking people if there was anything they hoped we would talk about either when we were together or on a future episode that we hadn't really been talking about. And this listener said, I'd like an update on all your kids. Like, I feel like I know them. I feel like they've grown up in front of us. So like you haven't talked about them in a while. And I don't know who it was, but if you're listening. We definitely got that. We're like, oh, we don't really talk about our specific kids as much anymore. And then that kind of dovetailed nicely with this episode. So thanks to that listener. Okay. And I think this is the first time in a while that we've made people wait a whole week to listen to a new episode, but we won't have one now for a week. So I guess this is a good time to um, go through the archives and maybe find an episode that you missed the first time around. Yeah, that's a great idea. There is enough in the archives to keep everybody busy for a very long time. So, well, this was fun, Megan. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. 
Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mama or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. 